Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Chat. We have a beautiful day on this Saturday. What is it, February 17th? And I have a great cup I've got to show you. This is probably one of the most interesting cups I've ever received from a supporter. And it is actually, I guess this company makes all kinds of things flying through <laughs> the glass cups. And this is an arrow. Is that cool? And the glass has stopped it. So it's like, bing, bing. It's like a protective thing. And it comes to me from Angel Star. And Angel writes, well, first of all, let me just say, on the other side of the cup, and I'll read this to you because I know I have it on cinematic. It says, Dr. Jane Ruby, taking the slings and arrows to bring forth truth. Much respect. Thank you so much, Angel Star. Mm. So interesting, isn't it? And Angel writes a little note that came with it and some other interesting things as well. Thank you so much. Uh, we have been listening to you for almost four years. Thank you so much for your work and uncompromising warrior spirit. Your information has kept us safe. Much love and respect. Angel, that's to say that my information in retrospect now has, has kept you safe is everything I ever wanted. It's every reason why I did have done what I've done and what I'm doing now. And yes, I do take a lot of slings and arrows and I probably will continue to have to do so in the days ahead. Well, I hope everyone's doing well. I had a very busy week. I'm sure you all did too. Had the Vax Choice Symposium yesterday that I had the honor of not only presenting in, but also emceeing alongside Dr. Bill Lionberger. If you don't know Dr. Bill, uh, you will soon and you should. He is a very interesting combination of a doctor, a medical doctor and a police officer and active in both fields. So he has done a lot of great, you know, um, negotiations and support and assistance for families who have loved ones in a, in a situation in the hospitals where their lives are being threatened by the CDC death protocol and things like that. So he is going to be starting a new show on CloudHub called In the Lion's Den. And I like that, a little play on his words. So Dr. Bill and I, uh, Dr. Bill coordinated this symposium on truth, truth in medicine for Todd Callender's Vax Choice. Uh, it's, it's a weekly um, truth, dedicated truth podcast, different interviews. I've been on it a couple times with Todd. We did a symposium yesterday with some really incredible heavy hitters. Wow, I was really honored. Doc P. Chambers, Dr. Teresa, uh, both Lieutenant Colonel Doc P. Chambers and Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long, uh, who I absolutely revere and respect. And she made some comments at the end of her presentation to me that were very touching uh, because you may or may not know she's the one we can say it now. She was the source who brought me together with the original embalmer uh, from Alabama, Hirschman, and on the white fibrous clots. So when a lot of people say, well, I don't know about that story. You know, I think it's like, you know what, dude, my source was solid. Okay. And if, you know, that ever turns out not to be right or something, then, you know, she's going with me. So 
I had a lot of faith in her and um, I know her. She has a great heart. Anyway, it was, it was a wonderful present, uh, presentation, a collection of presentations. Uh, there were some amazing people there. Uh, Dr. Richard Ulrey, who talked about um, minerals and how this is all tied in with that and the design of the shots to hurt us. And it just went on and on. I urge you to go, you can find the link to the replay on my Twitter, on my Telegram, um, or you could just find Vax Choice and you can watch it. It's, it's, it's about a couple hours long. So it might be, you can create your own like audio podcast, just put it on, do your projects and you can listen. You don't need to see all that much, as much as you, would get out of listening. So I put long things like that on. Like I listened to Tucker's interview with Mike Benz on the connections and the how-to of how our intelligence agencies became and have always been the controllers of this censorship and information and it's been an information war for a couple hundred years. You know, you just see all this stuff opening up and it, it's the gift of COVID to have all this stuff un, you know, unraveling, revealing people that are frauds, programs that were fraudulent, there is no government, all these realities, you know, as, in as much as sometimes I know some of you feel overwhelmed like, oh, don't tell me any more bad news. Ah. You know, I get it. But really the way we should look at it is, holy mother of God, we got the mother load of truth. We, in, in, in short time, you know, four years, we have gotten to see how so much is dupe and fraud and lies. And rather than learning it in dribbles over the next generation or two think of how lucky we are to it's overwhelming at times it's a lot it's disturbing no doubt there's so many players in the corruption but man we get it we get it we get it we get a lot of it we get almost all of it now so i think that's great value um because you know what comes after that is accountability and we are way overdue for accountability. So let me share with you something. Um, there's someone on Twitter named Jessica Hockett. I never know if this is somebody's real name, uh, unless I know them personally or I get a chance to meet them and, and then you find out you know, what, if, if that's their real name, but I'm assuming it is. And she has a picture on there and she's actually doing some good work and just like uh, Amazing Polly's doing great work in peeling back onions and showing you who people really are and keeping them honest and owning their, you know, what they've put out to the public across time. Now, when we tell you, oh, do you know that so-and-so was pushing the shots in the beginning? I get a lot of pushback from the public that says, well, you know, can't you leave some room for somebody learning and changing their, yeah, I do, if that's what really happened. But under, under the sort of legal doctrine, you know, it's, it's, it's tied to legal, but I, I find it's more philosophical. It's a doctrine of known or should have known. Now, 
Does a doctor, a medical doctor, or a PhD research doctor, do, are they obligated or expected to know everything all the time? No, no. But when you're about to open your pie hole and make a recommendation or express an opinion that you're asked about something, you should damn well do some research and understand what you're opining on in that time period. And certainly when COVID scam broke out in 2019-2020, there was enough information for a lot of these experts who came out originally and said, you know, well, maybe the elderly and the children should take it. Well, you know, it's, it's only for the immunocompromised. It's a vaccine. They kept calling it a vaccine. Now, maybe they didn't have to call it a bioweapon so early because we were still putting that together, but it certainly wasn't a vaccine by definition. It was a gene editing therapy. In addition to hundreds and hundreds of polymers and plastics and toxins and cancer promoters and all the other shit they put in there because they wanted to help you avoid a flu or a cold. Come on, stay with me, okay? They should have known because they were experts in the area, they were being sought out for their opinion, they had an obligation to look at the literature at the very least and see what had been done. And the Ebola trial with remdesivir done in Africa had already been out. That was done, that was known in 2018. So tying back together, Jessica Hockett on Twitter, Jessica has been pursuing several lines of truth seeking historically <coughs> through this, from what I can interpret. And one of the areas she's been focusing on is this, the whole, the use, I'm gonna call it, of New York City to scare people into it's a pandemic and get the shots to prevent it. Why? Because New York is a great fodder for that. We had Cuomo, who was a communist scumbag cockroach owned by the world, the New World Order proponents and would have done anything. So you got that in place. You got New York City, you know, which is what, I don't know, seven or eight million people on, an, on that island alone, not to mention the, the rest of the boroughs. And so you could show a lot of panic in a densely populated area. You know, we had the drama of Trump sending, you know, the, the ventilators, we need more ventilators, he's not sending enough. We've got the, uh, what was it, the USS Hope, and then there was another one. We sent the offshore the ship to the port in New York City because it had a thousand beds. We did the Jacob Javits Center with another thousand ventilators and beds. None of it was used, right? Instead, Cuomo, Cuomo, the left-wing communist fascist piece of crap, sent innocent, healthy, elderly into known infected with the flu nursing homes and overloaded them to the dismay and questioning and screaming of families, other people in the public, of other government officials, right? It was a plan. So Jessica is, I see, I watch things over time, rightfully digging into that because I think New York City holds a key to the hoax of, you know, 
that it was planted here, that this flu, this gain of function, whatever they created was dropped in major cities. You know, and the major cities are all liberal, Democrat run. You know, it's not a Democrat, Republican issue. We know it's a uniparty, but they were all run by far left wing, okay, wingers who would do anything for the New World Order, WEF. And this is really interesting. And one of the things she's doing in this process is dogging uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, for those of you who may not know him, should by now. He's the founder of the FLCCC organization, to which I recommended a lot of people in 22 and 23, uh, because they, at the time, I don't know if they still have it, they had a state-by-state -state telemedicine kind of list of naturopathic doctors and doctors, other MDs who got it, who were not killers and prostitutes, um, and who would do telemedicine. So, and even within your state where you might find someone. So I thought that was valuable. But Pierre Corey has always kind of run with the, you know, the crew, right? The Malone, Cole, you know, he's been a good soldier in that. Um, there are some discrepancies as there are with all of the people in those, that, that group, you know, that, like I could do my own chart. Like I love what Amazing Polly's doing with her chart. And she says, not everybody's a, you know, a, a good guy or a bad guy in this thing, but she's tracking connections. But I could do a chart on those connections. And, and because they have survived those connections over time, man, they have each other's backs. They all speak together at the same conferences. They choose each other. They are part of the rat pack that consistently gets called to Congress by the do-nothing fakery of Rand Paul, Ron Johnson, Thomas Massey, and of course, Marjorie Trader Green. So it's all the same suspects, right? Marching through. Think the message is gonna get any different? It's a controlled message when you see the same people revolving door in and out, in and out. And that's my observation. But in particular, Jessica's work inspired me this morning to put together a, I call them shorts. I do these little one or two minute things and I did I put this together she has a she put out a short clip of some kind of public uh, Q&A that Pierre Corey did at some point and and apparently he was reading questions off of a live feed and 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 Jessica Hockett had says that she submitted a question she recognized when her question came up do you recommend remdesivir good question and he responds to it and so i i thought to myself wait a minute you recommended it oh okay uh, of course under certain circumstances right sound familiar um if so hold on i got another example for you in a minute and so i recall dr david martin on Russell Brand's show talking about how ludicrous it was that remdesivir was ever a part of this because it's killing people. And of course, most of us had heard by, t by the end of 2020 and 2021, I personally put it out there on social media about the African trial that was a randomized placebo-controlled double-blind study Two groups, placebo, but they thought they were getting it, and remdesivir-treated people. By the way, 
they diagnose them with the fake PCR, but that's another topic. <coughs> Supposedly, they had Ebola, any level of Ebola, right? They could have had, they could have had not had Ebola at all, and Dr. Martin has talked about that. They could have had early stages or late. We don't really know because the PCR test is useless as a diagnostic tool, but, so I put together, I'm gonna play it here in the coffee chat because I know that many of you who watch coffee chat don't necessarily have social media. You may have social media and you may not have Twitter or Telegram where I post the majority of my work. So let me um, play this clip. Do you endorse the use of remdesivir? Yeah, <laughs> remdesivir in the hospital is a joke of a drug. Um, <laughs> we, we, you know, it doesn't work that, that, that late. There's very little viral replication going on then. Um, but it has a profoundly positive early outpatient treatment. Profoundly positive remdesivir. I'd like to see the money trail on this one. Uh, trial. And so it looks like it really? has a high efficacy if given early in symptoms, not late in published just like we knew in 2018. There's David Martin. Remdesivir had a 53% lethality. Hello. In clinical trials done in, if you want to call them clinical trials, I call them biological torture trials done in Africa. 53% mortality if you got remdesivir. And yet that was chosen by the FDA as the drug of choice to, to use when people were hospitalized with COVID. Jesus. Russell. A 53% mortality exceeds any lethal agent we know in 100%. nature. There is no such thing as a 53% lethality of anything nature does. But we were able to inject that into people with impunity. And the publication on that, let's get really clear on that. The publication of that data, the 53% mortality data, that publication was the World Health Organization's own clinical trials. Boom. They, in their own discretion, determined that it was unethical to inject Africans with this stuff because 53% of them were dying. And in the paper, it's important to point out, it said, regardless of viral load. Russell, let's unpack for the common listener what the heck that means. That means we were killing people who didn't even have Ebola, who didn't even have another disease. Regardless of viral load means we were killing people because we were injecting them with an agent we knew was toxic. And that's what we chose to use in COVID. It's that's the kind of thing that makes me so angry. They knew, they knew, they, they knew, they should have known, they had to know, however you want to put it. It just makes me so angry. Just killing with impunity. Killing with impunity, yeah. And making it a condition, by the way, of being in the hospital with a fake positive COVID PCR test. You forcing people onto it. Not only, not only, you know, having it there and using it and authorizing it or approving it, but then forcing it. While well, your family's kept out in the parking lot, can't come in and advocate for you. Or if your family is said under threat of police removal, okay, okay, but we do not consent for our loved one here, nor does the loved one consent to hanging remdesivir. No problem. Thank you. 
and then the family leaves and they hang it anyway because you have no patient rights. Dirty bastards. So you want to tell me that we shouldn't ask for accountability? They, Doctors like Pierre Corey, to my knowledge, have never denounced that statement? Yeah, you want to make some room for somebody to learn over time? Then you better see them immediately upon learning, jump in and say, whoa, I was off on that one. Here's my excuse. Going forward, no. Because they're benefiting from something to have said it early on and then to change. Okay, here is a very famous video. By the way, I'm not breaking any news. It's been out there and out there for a couple of years now. A very famous video of Malone and his wife, Jill Malone, who I'm sure is probably, in my mind, I believe she's behind a lot of the personal attacks on me, but whatever. You know, when he says I tart myself up and I'm too sexy and okay, well, whatever. Usually men don't focus on that kind of thing when they're criticizing you. They might say something else about your looks, you know, you're fat, you're this, you're that. Um, or it's more in line with a guy to just try to fake disparage your credentials. Um, well, you're not a medical doctor like me. Okay, whatever. Um, it just sounds more like a woman who's going after the, you know, well, she dresses herself up like a sexy doctor. Hey, at my age, I'll take that as a compliment. But anyway, I digress. So this is a famous video when he went out there with the, in that, that Edward Dowd interview that I did where he went out there and they presented him with the Malone doctrine of all these statements of protecting the public's ability to engage in social or scientific discourse and having the ability without retribution to question scientific authority and have support live debate. Yeah, the guy who sued me for $25 million. Anyway, and that was that trip. And when they, I guess when they first got there, the story goes, um, they sat on the lawn, you know, in this staged little thing and with a bunch of children who, who live in Hawaii. And this is how it went. Let's see if we can get this going. From the beginning. The COVID vaccine be more deadly to children than the, um, than COVID itself. So that's a really important question, and, and that takes a lot of science to figure out and a lot of time. The chance of you getting serious disease or dying from the vaccine is really, really, really small. And I don't want to tell you or your parents what to do. I think that's a decision between you and your parents and your doctor. I hope that came through. That was a little bit low on the volume. Uh, but he basically says, the children ask, is there a chance of dying on this, if you take this vaccine, this COVID vaccine is the, that's what they're talking about. And his response is, it takes a really long time to know. Okay, well, you've been working on it for 15 or 20 years. You probably should know if you're the self-proclaimed inventor that it has inherent danger to the degree that it does, because that's a big signal. And in research, and he could disparage my credentials all he wants. I understand clinical research. I've written original protocols. I understand how to build in the safety portion of those 
randomized placebo controlled trials. You got a lot of control going, so your safety signals will come up really strong if you've designed it correctly and legitimately, you know, against placebo. And his response is, and this is the key phrase, the chance of you getting serious disease or dying from the vaccine is really, 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 three times he says it, small. It's fair to ask for accountability. It's fair to ask people to answer for their earlier statements. What did you know? When did you know it? How much did you know? What did you base that original recommendation to take it on? Why do you continue to call it a vaccine if it's gene editing therapy? And as I said, in my presentation, as part of my presentation yesterday in Vax Choice, there are over 34 right now approved, not authorized emergency use, but approved full use gene editing treatments, treatments by the FDA in circulation and having nothing to do with, and in addition to, the COVID, COVID shots, the seasonal flu shots, which if you hear nothing else of what I'm saying today, do not take a flu shot. Albert Borla has confirmed, he did it a year ago, he confirmed that the seasonal flu shot for season 23 and 24 winter will and does have the mRNA COVID. So you're really getting a COVID shot, but you think you're getting a seasonal flu shot that's traditional based out of the eggs, non-living viral material, blah, blah, blah. You're not. And if you have taken it, God help you. They're trying to get this in people over and over and over again. It's, I feel like I'm back at square one and they're gonna put it in everything they can inject into you including a vaccine lie for cancer. What better way to scare people into, okay, give it, give it to me, I'll take it, than to, than to tell them you have cancer or look, you got a lot of high rates of cancer in your family. Um, you're really at high risk. You really ought to take this vaccine. Vaccine, it's gene therapy. I'd like to see that mechanism of action. They claim They've made it specific. It'll go into your genome. It'll replace a portion of it, just like it does for COVID. But you're gonna have production of something. And they're gonna, is it the same principle? Your body sees a foreign invader, cancer, and it's gonna attack it. It's autoimmune disease all over again. Remember the old Yogi Berra saying, it's deja vu all over again the cycle begins again. So accountability, accountability, start demanding answers, explanations and accountability. Go to these people. You can reach them through social media, ask them to explain. If thousands of you and hundreds of thousands of you demand an explanation, maybe some accountability will show up. Maybe, just saying. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Thank you again to Angel Star for this incredibly interesting uh, and 
with a beautiful message cup absolutely fabulous i have the best supporters and just fellow warriors on the planet have a great day looks like you've been sleeping well megan he's back the my pillow guy and you're looking good I'm still feeling good well just when you thought it couldn't get any better we've got the best pillow ever my pillow 2.0 <gasps> when i invented my pillow it had everything you never want in a pillow well now there's new technology that makes it even better my pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread my pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com <laughs> Medical disclaimer, the Dr. Jane Ruby Show does not provide medical advice. The information, including but not limited to, texts, graphics, images, and other material contained on this show are for informational purposes only and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by your viewing or attempt to communicate with Dr. Jane Ruby. No material presented on the show is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment before undertaking a new health care regimen. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have seen on the show. Thank you for watching.